0: And why this is so critical. My goodness. But for the next part of this podcast, we're going to talk about the bioweapons labs. And we're going to talk about viruses. Are there such things as pathogenic viruses? Or has it all been a grand scientific fraud? We'll do that next. All right, we're going to cover the bioweapons laboratories in Ukraine that have been funded by the United States and run in part by the Department of Defense. And I really hadn't covered the story much, but now we have a U.S. official, the Undersecretary of State, Victoria Nuland, who was asked by Senator Marco Rubio if Ukraine had biological or chemical weapons. And she said that, uh, that yes, Ukraine has, quote, biological research facilities, and she's worried that Russia is going to get their hands on them. And then we've also heard that Oh, there might be a false flag operation if Russia seizes the US-funded biological weapons laboratories, and then Russia might release that into the world and blame America. And I was reading this. uh, First of all, Glenn Greenwald has slayed the fact checkers because for the past couple of weeks, the fact checkers have mocked any hint of bioweapons facilities in Ukraine, saying that it's just fake news even though they are the fakers, of course, but I was reading this on sounds.org and it said, quote, she just confirmed, talking about uh, Newland here, she just confirmed every conspiracy theory about the existence of those labs. And then here's a map of their locations in Ukraine. And so there are maps that are published about the locations. So Snopes was wrong. Uh, all the All third-party news is automatically misinformation until the corporate media and fact-checkers prove otherwise. So here's Glenn Greenwald now talking about this. Let me read you a couple of lines. Self-anointed fact-checkers in the U.S. corporate press have spent two weeks mocking as disinformation and a false conspiracy theory, the claim that Ukraine has biological weapons labs. They never presented any evidence for their ruling. How could they possibly know? But nonetheless, they invoke their characteristically authoritative, above-it-all tone of self-assurance and self arrogated right to decree the truth and label such claims false. Okay, let me stop there. You know how the fact-checkers check the facts? They simply ask the White House. And then when the White House says, no, we don't have any bio labs, the fact-checkers say, see, it's false. The White House told us so. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how... Pathetic they are. They're not fact-checkers, obviously. They're just propagandists and censors. All right, continuing with uh, Glenn Greenwald. Claims that Ukraine maintains dangerous biological weapons labs came from Russia as well as China. Chinese Foreign Ministry said the U.S. has 336 labs in 30 countries under its control, including 26 in Ukraine alone. And then the Russian Foreign Ministry asserted that, quote, Russia obtained documents proving that Ukrainian biological laboratories located near Russian borders worked on developments of components of biological weapons. All right. Yet U.S. fact-checkers dutifully and reflexively sided with the U.S. government to declare such claims, quote, disinformation, and to mock them as QAnon conspiracy theories. Unfortunately, continues Glenn Greenwald, Unfortunately for this propaganda racket masquerading as neutral and high-minded fact-checking, the neocon official long in charge of U.S. policy in Ukraine testified on Monday before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and strongly suggested that such claims are at least in part true. And then he goes into uh, the Undersecretary of State, Victoria Newland uh, testifying and basically confirming, yeah, it's all true. She admitted that, quote, Ukraine has biological research facilities. (laughs) She said they could fall into Russian hands. No. So all the fact checkers have been completely debunked, you know, PolitiFact and Snopes and whoever else is out there. I'm sure Reuters was in on the the scam as well. Of course, the United States is running bioweapons labs in Ukraine. and, And probably China is right. The U.S. has bioweapons labs in 30 countries. 30 different countries. Because look, the US built SARS CoV 2, the original blueprint, and then shipped it off to China to the WIV over there for more gain of function research. So remember, COVID started as a US bioweapon of sorts, or at least what came out of it as a spike protein, which we'll talk about here in a second. So just isn't it incredible how the fact checkers all they do is check with the liars, which is the White House. It's as if if the fact checkers were the judge in a court case and someone were caught carrying out attempted murder and, and that person was brought into the courtroom and the murderer said, I didn't commit murder. And then the judge said, we're going to find out the truth here. The judge turns to the murderer or the, the accused murderer and says, did you commit murder or not? And the, the guy says, no, of course, I didn't commit murder. I'm not a murderer. And the judge says, well, case closed. The guy accused of murder said he didn't murder nobody. And then we're back to idiocracy, right? We got some adjudicating to do round here. And then, uh, you know, slam the gavel. Right. Is that what fact checkers have become? A pathetic comedic joke? Seems so. So there are a couple of very important things to realize about this. Number one, given that the United States and China actually built a bioweapon and released it on the world, shouldn't other countries be concerned about the existence of bioweapons laboratories and how those weapons might be released upon them? Doesn't this provide a a feasible justification for any other country out there to be a little worried and maybe not want those biolabs to be, I don't know, nearby? Hmm? That's one thing. The second thing, which is probably a bigger issue, is that isn't this the perfect excuse for the, well, the U.S. deep state slash globalists to release another biological weapon and blame Russia. See, I mean, they're they're setting it up. This woman, Victoria Nuland, do you think she slipped up? Do you think she made a mistake testifying before Senator Marco Rubio who is a rhino with one of the biggest rhino horns that anybody has ever seen? He's a rhino in the wild. He's like a, a wild-crafted rhino. He's such such a rhino. This thing was rehearsed, folks. This was rehearsed. And Newland did not speak accidentally. She spoke on purpose. So what did she say? She said, yes, these bioweapons labs exist, and we're afraid the Russians might get a hold of them. And then release bioweapons as a false flag operation to try to blame the United States. She's telling you the plan of the United States, which is to release the bioweapons from the labs and blame Russia. Remember, whatever these deep state lunatics blame somebody else of doing, they do it themselves first or they're they're planning to do it themselves. So remember when they said, oh, radical Muslim extremists brought down the Twin Towers on 9-11. It's because they, the deep state, brought down the Twin Towers and, and Building 7 too, a third building. So that they always project onto others the things that they are going to do. So it means that they are going to release a biological weapon or, or hoping to and blame it on Russia and then have the, the next global plague of whatever it might be, hemorrhagic fever, and then say, Russia did it. I mean, I guess soon we're going to have to extend the uh, Russians did it song, <laughs> right? It'll be something like, oh, the bioweapons got released. Russians did it. Uh, the, the cyber war took out my lease. Russians did it. Uh, I mean, think about the banking system collapse, right? the food collapse, oh, everything. But this, is, this has been the plan this entire time. But now all of this leads to a much bigger question that we're going to get into right now with the help of doctors Thomas Cowan and Andrew Kaufman, who I have uh, applauded for their efforts to, to expose the science of virology. Now, let's think about it this way. If, if you were hit by a plague of locusts, and you, let's say you had a butterfly net, and you, you, kind, of, you kind of ran that butterfly net through the air, just you were swinging it in the air, and you brought the net back down and you look in the net, you would find locusts and they would all look pretty much the same. Like, wow, we survived this swarm of locusts, this biblical event. Look, look at the net. There's a bunch of locusts in here. You would be able to to find the object that's part of the swarm. Uh, In a similar fashion, if you were caught in a, I don't know, a sandstorm in Saudi Arabia or somewhere, you're in the Middle East, sandstorm approaches, big giant Cloud of sand, and if you were to have, oh, I, I don't know, like a wind sock or, or something that could capture sand particles, and you were to swing that through the air in the middle of the sandstorm, and then you look in it, you would find sand particles, they would be in there because that's what's in the air. Makes sense so far, right? Uh, I'm not, this is not some crazy QAnon conspiracy theory, is it? I, I don't think so. All right, now. What if you're in the middle of a COVID pandemic and you're told that you have to wear a mask because there's COVID everywhere in the air. It's everywhere. It's in the grocery stores. It's in the schools. It's in the elevators. It's every everywhere. COVID is everywhere. And the mask, they say, stops it. And so, if you had a some mask material like a like a net made out of mask material, and you were to swing that through the air, you would, supposed to be, you would catch some some COVID particles, right? And you'd have a a net full of COVID particles. You'd be able to take those into the the laboratory, look at them under a microscope, and you would see a lot of COVID particles. And just like the locusts, or just like the grains of sand, the COVID virus particles would be uniform. They would have basically the same look and the same shape, which is called morphology. And and by the way, if you took those particles and then you, I don't know, you blew them up someone's nose or something or exposed some of those particles, then they would get sick with COVID because it's supposed to be an infectious virus, right? All makes sense, correct? Well, what what doctors uh, Thomas Cowan and Andrew Kaufman have been able to exhaustively show and explain over and over again that've done an excellent job is that there has never been any scientific body or institution or individual or government or research university or corporation of any kind that has ever isolated the covid virus particles from an infected person and shown them to be uniform or you know, or to just to be isolated and then use them to infect some other person to the point where that other person becomes sick. This has never happened. They can't isolate the virus. And even though there are hundreds of papers that say virus isolation, what I found because of the the work of Dr. Andrew Kaufman is that the process of isolation is not a process of isolation at all. It's actually a process of poisoning cells that were taken from a sick person, like from their snot typically, and then watching those cells die and watching them disintegrate and produce exosomes and then saying that those exosomes must be the virus. But what's astonishing in all of this is that when virologists do this test, uh, this experiment to claim that the virus has been isolated, so they take snot from somebody who's got COVID symptoms, who's sick from COVID. They take their snot, they put it in this uh, experimental process, which usually involves uh, bovine fetal calf cells, you know, actual cells taken from a, you know, an unborn calf, uh, a baby cow. Is quite horrific all by itself. And and they put it in there with sometimes with uh, monkey kidney cells and so on. And then they, they starve the cells in this cell culture through a certain process that they know will kill it. And then the cells begin to die, they begin to break up, and they produce the exosomes. But this, this process produces the exact same results whether you start with somebody who has COVID versus starting with somebody who's perfectly healthy and has no symptoms of COVID. In other words, you can quote prove the existence of COVID through this process, even when starting with cells from someone who doesn't have COVID and who isn't sick, I know it sounds crazy, right? But that's the world of virology. They have never isolated the virus; they've never isolated it, which is just bizarre. I even interviewed uh, Christine Massey, and she has she's issued FOIA requests to something like 158 institutions around the world and universities and governments and so on, asking them basically the same question. uh, Do you have any documents that would show the isolation and purification of a virus from any person who's been sick with uh, measles, polio, HIV slash AIDS, COVID or numerous other so-called infectious diseases. Do you have any evidence, of isolated viruses that have been purified and that have been shown to cause infection in in someone else. And the answer in every one of these cases has been no. And you can watch my interview with Christine Massey. It's up on brighttown.com and it's just truly, it's fascinating. I think her last name is spelled M-A-S-S-I-E if you want to search for it. So Truly fascinating, you would think that out of all the nations and all the universities and all the science institutions that somebody somewhere along the way would have isolated the virus just as you could have a net full of locusts, you would think somebody's got a, I don't know, a vial full of virus particles, but they don't. No one's been able to find it. And in all the scientific research that's been conducted during COVID, there's never been a research paper that found COVID in the air and that was able to purify it and isolate it and then show it on an electron microscope, show it to have a a uniformity, like a bunch of particles that look the same, i.e. a bunch of viruses that look the same. Doesn't exist. Fascinating. So we've been told that we have to wear masks and exercise social distancing because there's a creepy virus in the air everywhere. And it turns out it was all a lie. There is no virus in the air that can infect us. There is no such thing as a pathogenic virus that has ever been isolated from anyone and shown to make someone else sick. And when you realize that, and by the way, I know this sounds like a pretty big wow, search Brighttown.com for. Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, I think that's the spelling, or Dr. Thomas Cowan, C-O-W-A-N. And watch their videos. There's one called Virology on Trial. So you can, oh wow, I see there's four parts to that, and it's on BitChute as well. Okay, so go to brighttown.com or bitshoot.com and search for Virology on Trial, and you're going to see Drs. Cowan, Kaufman, and Lanka uh, debunk viral theory. It is astonishing. It's uh, almost two hours in total length. Uh, maybe that's why it's broken up into four parts, but you, your mind's going to be blown when you watch that. Now, if you think about this, once you realize there are no pathological viruses that can be isolated and shown to cause, let's say AIDS or polio or measles or Ebola or hemorrhagic fever or COVID. Once you realize that, you realize that this has all been a psychological terrorism campaign, that the very theory of virology was created in order to serve as a weapon of the mind, to terrorize people using something that doesn't exist, to make billions of people wear masks, shut down their businesses, isolate themselves, stay home from church, Right, stay out of the schools and to take an injection. To take an injection containing mRNA that programs their bodies to generate a nanoparticle. Not a virus, but a nanoparticle. Now, nanoparticles are real. And viruses, as they've been described to us, are not real. They're simply a mislabeled, it's the mislabeling of cellular death particles or exosomes. So yes, there are particles. When cells die, they release a lot of particles. And yes, you can see those particles under a microscope, those are not viruses, and they cannot infect another person. So then, with all of this in mind, and, and I know that's a huge bombshell, it's like, wow, really? They just they made up the whole virus thing to scare people with AIDS? Yeah. Um, Anthony Fauci was involved in that scam as well. He was the guy. Yeah, even back in the late 1980s, that was Fauci. Same thing with bird flu, same thing with Zika. They tried to scare the world with Zika. Oh, you're gonna have babies born with shrunken heads. Remember that? That was just a few years ago. They finally did it with COVID. And the whole thing is a massive scientific fraud. But then you ask, and this was the hard part for me too, Then you ask, well, but I know people who got sick from something. I know people who died from something. And even I myself had symptoms after exposure to something at public events, for example, and other people got sick at public events. What was happening with all those people? That wasn't a virus? Well, this gets to the question of the bioweapons laboratories, That the United States runs around the world. In the bioweapons laboratories, if they're not building viruses as weapons, because viruses that there are, according to Kaufman and, and, and Cowan, there's no such thing as a pathological virus that infects a person and makes them sick. What are they building in the bioweapons laboratories? And the answer is they're building toxic nanoparticles. And these nanoparticles are being dropped on populations around the world. And Dr. Lee Merritt and I, we had a discussion about this in an interview very early on, this was over a year ago, and it turns out she's absolutely right. She hinted that New York and Northern Italy, in the very early days of the COVID pandemic, so-called pandemic, in 2020, that they were actually hit with an aerosolized nanoparticle drop In other words, they weren't hit with a virus in New York City. A nanoparticle was released on the city. The nanoparticle is essentially a chemical weapon and it can make you very sick, it can kill you, it can make you ill and send a lot of people to the hospital. But what we now know is that after New York City and after Northern Italy, this thing did not spread. It didn't follow a pattern of infectious activity. So we didn't see it go from New York to Chicago and Boston and Miami and Los Angeles and so on. It didn't work that way. It stayed almost entirely in New York City, even though there were a lot of people traveling. So it wasn't spreading from person to person. It was as if a kind of bomb went off in New York City, an invisible bomb. Now when a bunch of people get sick in a city, we automatically leap to the conclusion, well, it must be a virus because that's what we've been brainwashed to believe. Must be a virus. Well, if that's true, then what made everybody sick after the atomic bomb in Hiroshima? A lot of people got sick there. A lot of people vomited, lost their hair, you know, showed sickness and many died, over 100,000 died. Was that a virus? No, that was radiation sickness. And so clearly a lot of people can get sick from things that are not viruses and as, Dr. Thomas Cowan explains, for a couple hundred years when sailors were getting sick on the the old wooden ships and they were losing their minds and losing their their physical bodies and they were dying, and it was spreading from person to person, apparently, and sometimes from ship to ship. And for, for two centuries, nobody could figure out what's causing this. And the disease was named scurvy. And it turns out to be nothing more than a vitamin C deficiency that was cured with limes, which is where the word limey comes from. Limeys were sailors and they used to eat a lot of limes in order to not get scurvy. So vitamin C deficiency was making everybody sick, but it was misinterpreted as some kind of contagious disease condition. You know, there are towns in America where all kinds of people are getting sick and, and getting cancer and it turns out to be an environmental pollutant or a chemical, you know, some kind of chemical from a company like DuPont, typically, somebody like that. This is a chemical buried in in the water or in the soil or somewhere, and people start getting sick. It's not a virus, even though it seems to spread from person to person in the city. So if you just drop a nanoparticle on a city, a lot of people are going to get sick, and then the media can use that to terrorize the minds of the masses and say, look, oh my God, it's an outbreak. We all have to lock down, we all have to wear masks, we all have to take the vaccine. Otherwise, we'll all die from this virus, but it's all a lie. However, they have been dropping nanoparticles on populations in order to further this so-called pandemic. That's why they need so many bioweapons laboratories because they have to keep creating more toxic nanoparticles to keep the scam going to make sure people keep getting sick. And then at the same time, they use a fraudulent PCR test. The PCR test can produce all the positive numbers they would ever want just by cranking up the cycle threshold on the machines. Because PCR is not a quantitative test. As you know, we've covered this before. It can't diagnose anyone with any disease or sickness. It can't even really identify what someone has. Uh, PCR is a total fraud when it comes to diagnosing illness. PCR is essentially a a replication machine. It replicates uh, base pairs of genetic sequences. It's a replication machine. It's not a diagnostic machine whatsoever. And by the way, the libraries that are distributed by the CDC, the, the electronic libraries that are used by PCR instruments to test for the presence of, quote, COVID or SARS CoV 2, those libraries. (laughs) <laughs> they, uh, they actually identify sequences of COVID as being human, as being uh, uh, taken from some, the genetic code of a human being. So all they're doing is detecting human cells that are breaking apart. And they're saying, oh, that's proof of, of SARS-CoV-2. And the higher you crank up the cycle threshold, the more positives you get. So they use that to continue the pandemic scam. And then they can turn down the cycle thresholds as they've done anytime they wanna show and pretend that something is effective. So right after they started rolling out the vaccines, the CDC ordered everybody to reduce the cycle thresholds down to something closer to 30 instead of like 40 plus. And then sure enough, a lot of the quote cases, the case numbers went down dramatically. And and then the media dutifully reports, oh, look, the vaccines are working. The cases are dropping. But the vaccines weren't actually working. The vaccines were killing people. And the vaccines were making people test positive for, quote, COVID. Why? Because the vaccines were injecting people with mRNA that forced their bodies to generate toxic nanoparticles, not viruses, but the spike protein, which is a toxic nanoparticle. And then the PCR tests were picking up sequences in the spike protein as well, and saying, oh, that person has COVID now. Now the spike protein does make people sick. The spike protein attacks your neurological system, your cardiovascular system, your uh, reproductive system, and so on, attacks your liver, the heart, the spleen, endocrine system, all of it. And so people are getting sick. And then the media said, well, look, Right, uh, COVID is is devastating people. Even after they got vaccinated, they have quote long COVID. This is a term they came up with. Long COVID, long COVID, is just spike protein poisoning, usually from the vaccine. But they they called it long COVID because they want people to continue to believe that this is a a viral pandemic that's so powerful and dangerous that it even affects people who got the vaccine, the same vaccine. That we were told would stop the virus. It doesn't stop the virus. Now we know why, because there isn't a virus. The only thing making people sick are the nanoparticles dropped on the cities and the nanoparticles created from the vaccines. That's what's making people sick. So the entire pandemic has been faked from day one. There isn't a pandemic of a virus. There's only a pandemic of massive scientific fraud, medical murder, uh, biological nanoparticles being dropped on cities. And this is the plan for the deep state moving forward, is to continue to manufacture more toxic nanoparticles and drop them on more people. And how do they achieve that? Well, it's very simple. It could be chemtrails, it can be drones, it can be put into the food supply. Did you see, what was it, six months ago or something, Homeland Security was working with uh, some law enforcement in New York City. They said, yeah, we're going to be testing the distribution of chemical weapons in the subway system and in New York City parks. And uh, they said, if you see teams that look like they're responding, have no fear. It's just us running tests. What were they doing there? They were testing their distribution plans (laughs) right in full public view. They were testing how they're gonna distribute the next biological nanoparticle pandemic. See, it's not a viral pandemic, it's a nanoparticle pandemic. So yeah, they're gonna release it in the subway systems, they're gonna release it in the parks, they're gonna release it in the malls and in the airports, like 12 monkeys. And then they're gonna say, oh, it's another pandemic and they're gonna use it as a reason to lock you down and take away your freedoms and deny you the right to function in society unless you sign up for their combination vaccine passport slash central bank digital currency electronic wallet mark of the beast system. There you go, sign up for that and then you'll be able to participate in society. And you have to do this because we're, it's so fearful of what's happening. It's so fearful, the virus is so fearful. Even though no one can see it, it's apparently invisible. You're supposed to be afraid of this thing. Doesn't even exist. They can't even see it on the microscopes. Now here's the big kicker in all of this. This uh, this mind game was so effective that most of us have been caught up in it. I mean, even myself, even all this time, we've been talking about a virus and a, a you know a, a viral pathogen, and that saying that people are being infected by this virus, and that the virus was the gain of function research. Turns out the gain of function wasn't focused on the virus. It was focused on a toxic nanoparticle. The gain of function research focused on building the spike protein that was then put into the instructions of the mRNA vaccines. So yeah, toxic nanoparticles are real. Gain of function research is real. Bioweapons factories are real. They're just not, they're not making viruses. They're making toxic nanoparticles. But then they have to distribute them because they, they don't spread from person to person. They have to distribute them through other means to keep the fear going. But it was so incredibly uh, convincing, this illusion, that they had us all, um, you know, myself included, convinced that there was a viral pandemic spreading from person to person. And now we realize that's, that's not at all what has been happening and that we don't have to fear this fairy tale that's been told by the powers that be. And yeah, masks don't work because there are no viruses in the air that can infect you with COVID or 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 measles for that matter. They don't exist. Do you recall some of those studies? I remember one, I think it was out of Israel, there was a hospital where fully vaccinated healthcare workers who were I think double masked and they were wearing all this protective gear and it was still discovered that they spread COVID to other workers. And the scientists couldn't figure it out. It's like, how can this be spreading from healthcare worker to worker or, you know, hospital workers? How can it be spreading when they have all this protective equipment? The answer is none of them had it. The, the, it doesn't exist. And for that reason, the protective equipment can't stop it. The mask can't trap it. And again, going back to my metaphor, if you're in a swarm of locusts, you can see the locusts, you can capture them. Or in a sandstorm, you can capture the sand and you can look at it under a microscope. In a COVID storm, no matter what you do, you can't find the COVID particles and put them under a microscope and actually see them because they don't exist. So if you're wondering what people are getting sick from, it's exposure to toxic nanoparticles and toxic chemicals. And yeah, chemicals can be very toxic, such as uh, VX nerve gas, for example, that will kill you very quickly. You know, there are such things as insecticides, right? Pesticides, herbicides, Um, these things are, are quite real. Molecules are real. Infectious pathogenic viruses apparently are not. But you see, when some people generate toxic nanoparticles in their own body, such as someone who's been vaccinated with an mRNA vaccine, they're building spike protein particles. They can shed them on you. They can expose you to the toxins that are in their body and on their body that's even going through their skin, for example. So yes, you can be sickened by someone else and it can appear to be, quote, contagious, but it's just a sharing of the exposure to the toxic nanoparticle. It doesn't mean there's a self-replicating virus that has infected you it means you're just dealing with exposure to a, a toxin. And now it suddenly makes sense why most of the so-called polio in the world is actually caused by polio vaccines. The only polio they can really find is vaccine-induced polio. that's that's the polio that's out there in India, for example. It also makes sense why AIDS tests can't find HIV particles in people's blood. And this debate's been going on a long time, but in all these years, and this is incredibly clear now, they've never been able to isolate HIV viruses from the blood of AIDS patients or, or from the snot or saliva or semen or anything. And to show that, oh, here's the particle that causes AIDS. That has never been done. And it hasn't been done with polio, it hasn't been done with measles, hasn't been done with Ebola, COVID, or any of these other so-called Infectious, viral, pathogenic, you know, disease conditions. It's never been done. And that, that's truly astonishing. And you see, it also suddenly makes sense. Like, why does ivermectin help people who are showing symptoms from exposure to these toxic nanoparticles? Ivermectin is not an antiviral, is it? No, it's a, it's an, it's a dewormer. It's an antiparasitic chemical. Uh, prescription medicine. So it handles parasites and worms, not viruses. And yet it helps people who are diagnosed with COVID. What's going on here? Hmm. And isn't it suspicious that they achieved a world domination, you know, basically a medical police state, government shutdowns, lockdowns, forced vaccinations, all of this based on something that no one has ever seen. No human being has ever seen COVID. Not with their naked eye, but also not even with an electron microscope. There are no microscopic images of a COVID virus that have been isolated and purified from someone who's, who claimed to be sick from COVID. And remember that time when even from my own lab, I went out and I tried to buy isolated COVID viral particles just to see if I could get the standards. Because uh, as you know, in a a laboratory, you have to use standards to calibrate your instruments in order to know whether the instruments are working correctly. right? So if I'm testing for glyphosate, which, which I do, I use a triple quad mass spec for that. I go out and buy a glyphosate standard. And then I do a series of dilutions of the standard to dilute it from its uh, whatever concentration it comes in, I think it's uh, 100 uh, micrograms per milliliter. And I dilute it, I make it you know, 10 micrograms per milliliter, one microgram, uh, 100 nanograms per mil and so on. I'll do a series of dilutions and then I'll run that through the instrument and generate a calibration curve and look at the signal, look at the response on the chromatography column, look at the masses, look at the ion fragmentation of the molecule in the triple quad mass spec. Say, okay, that's what glyphosate looks like. And this is what a lot of glyphosate looks like. This is what a little bit of glyphosate looks like and so on. And and this is a certified standard of glyphosate, the molecule and nothing else. And it's, it's in water. Okay, so it's glyphosate in water. You cannot find any standard of the COVID virus that is a similar thing. It doesn't exist. And I went online to look at companies that said that they were selling standards that were, quote, isolates of COVID, uh, of the COVID virus or SARS-CoV-2. And then you read the fine print and they say you cannot use this to identify SARS-CoV-2 because in this vial are also cells from uh, uh, human cells and bovine cells. And I don't know what else is blood cells, monkey cells, who knows what else is in there. And they said, there's all kinds of stuff in there. This is not an isolation of the virus, even though the product is called a, quote, isolate. So in the field of virology, they use the term isolation when they have not isolated it. And they use the term isolate when it is not an isolate. So they just fabricate it all. They just make it up. I mean, they just lie. It's actually snot from a person who showed symptoms after being exposed to something. It's basically, it's basically just snot in a vial is what it is. And you, you know, you'll pay $100 for a, a, a milliliter of snot from a sick person. And, and they even say, oh, we assume this person had COVID because we dragged him off a plane that landed in Seattle after this person had visited Wuhan, China right after the outbreak. Therefore, it must be SARS-CoV-2. This is an isolate standard that's what they say. You realize how just crazy unscientific that is? That's no proof of a virus. That's no standard at all. You can't calibrate any instrument based off that. Really? Some person's random snot? Like, airplane flight snot? (laughs) Seriously, that's snot science. It doesn't count. So the bottom line folks is we've been hoodwinked at a level that even I can hardly believe. We've been lied to this entire time even from science class in high school was telling us about all these viruses and this virus this HIV causes AIDS and even at that time that was a lie too. They 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 had no proof of that. They didn't know. They had never isolated the virus. And just as with AIDS by the way it was the medicine that made people sick and got them diagnosed with HIV. You know that, right? So AIDS actually is really caused by, well, a lot of toxic exposure due to mostly to to lifestyle decisions having to do with both homosexuality, uh, anal sex, exposure to blood, and also needle sharing and so on. That's where AIDS, so-called AIDS, really began in the 1980s. It was in those two communities. It was drug users, and it was homosexuals who were engaging in um, multiple sex partners and anal sex types of behavior. And so these two groups suffered exposure to many different toxic chemicals and particles. And yes, they began to suffer immune system dysfunction. So Anthony Fauci comes along and he says, oh, it's due to a virus because he wanted to be in charge of it of all the funding and he wanted to be the the big head honcho of all this to control everything and then he directed funds even at that time to researching aids and hiv and then the drug companies started creating quote treatments for aids and the treatments gave people symptoms that were then diagnosed as having hiv same thing with covid today you get the vaccine and then you can test positive for quote COVID via the PCR test because the medical intervention itself perpetuates the the so-called pandemic you see. And then as now there is no isolated HIV that has ever been shown to cause AIDS or that has ever even been isolated and, and shown to exist. And this is why, remember this, the, old, the documentary, the House of, uh, House of Numbers documentary, when you go in to take an AIDS test, they ask you all these lifestyle questions. They don't just take blood and look at the blood and make a determination based on what's in the blood. They ask you lifestyle questions because that's how they decide your answer of whether you test positive or negative. Like, oh, do you have multiple partners? You know, do you, do you engage in anal intercourse and things like that? That becomes the test actually. What's in your blood is irrelevant and the labs running the test, they know this, because there is nothing in people's blood that is a determination of AIDS. There's no HIV virus in the blood. (laughs) It's just just amazing, isn't it? And polio, by the way, was caused by uh, heavy metals exposure. There's a whole history of that that's just bombshell. We've got articles about that up on naturalnews.com. Search for that. Uh, Polio, which metal was was it? Was it cadmium? I've forgotten now which heavy metal it was that people were being exposed to but it was causing uh, nervous system problems. In fact, uh, polio refers to the graying of nerve tissue. The nerve tissue would actually turn gray because it was being poisoned by heavy metals. And then of course people would ex- exhibit the, the, the symptoms of polio, loss of nerve system function, you know, paralysis and so on. And uh, it was just fabricated that this was caused by a virus. Polio has never been caused by a virus. There's No such thing as a polio virus. Never been isolated, never been shown to cause polio, never, never been shown to infect another person. All along, it was heavy metals exposure. Now polio is perpetuated by polio vaccines. So there's a lot of doctors who were miseducated about this and who thank vaccines for ending polio. No such thing ever happened polio was never caused by a virus and it was not resolved by vaccines. polio was caused by heavy metals exposure and the vaccines have only perpetuated it ever since. so there's good news and bad news in all of this. the good news is you can't actually catch covid from someone. you can't catch a virus that gives you polio. you can't catch measles from a virus or or any of these other things. and that's that's great news. the bad news is there's a lot of chemicals and heavy metals and other sources of exposure that can make you quite sick, and that's very real. And so it underscores the importance of leading a cleaner lifestyle, avoiding pesticides, right, and herbicides and heavy metals, and avoiding toxic people, like truly toxic people who have been vaccinated and who are therefore shedding toxic nanoparticles that can make you sick, and also being on the lookout for aerosolized release of these uh, toxic nanoparticles because that's the function of the vaccine deep state. You know, they run around the country releasing toxic nanoparticles so that they can perpetuate these pandemics and keep everybody in fear, terrorize the public, psychological terrorism and force everybody into uh, vaccines and masks and conformity and everything else. It's it's an astonishing world but now nothing surprises us, does it? This also underscores the importance of growing your own food. And so I, I, I will plug, again, the Marjorie Wildcraft event that's coming up. It's starting in the next day or two. Just go to icangrowfood.com. You'll learn how to grow food, an enormous amount of food, in a small amount of space, even if you know nothing about growing food. So Marjorie is the expert on this. She's got this program. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a webinar format. And it's like a lot of these where you can watch all the videos for free. You can also choose to purchase a digital download of the entire course if you want. If you do that, we get some affiliate compensation, although I don't recall how much that is. doesn't matter. If you want to learn how to grow food, you can just watch the whole thing for free. Just go to icangrowfood.com. This is critical knowledge for us right now. You know, our customer service is getting slammed by phone calls and emails every day. People asking if we're selling the grow bins, you know, the hydroponic grow bins. And I'm sorry that we're not. We're not selling those right now. We don't have enough personnel to make the lids. So you're gonna have to make your own or, or use other methods of growing food. Although I prefer the hydroponic you know, non-circulating system, the suspended net pot system. But I've got videos on that and there's a lot of videos up on Brighteon about that. In fact, you can search for Kratky, K-R-A-T-K-Y. That's Kratky. And you're gonna find or hydroponics, you're gonna find a lot of videos up on brightown.com about that very thing. And then if you watch Marjorie's videos at icangrowfood.com, she'll teach you how to grow in soils, how to grow even in bad soils, how to grow meat. Now, she raises rabbits and she harvests them, which is something I could never do. Cause you know, I can't, I can't, you know, harvest like cute fluffy bunny rabbit, you know. My my heart is just uh, I can't do it. I would I would end up with like 50 rabbit pets. That's that's rabbits running everywhere. That's what my little food plot would look like. actually It's like I can't eat them. But anyway, that's a that's a really important uh, uh skill to be able to to grow a lot of your own food. So check that out. Of course, healthrangerstore.com offers uh, storable food as well. We've got some food buckets coming online here in a couple more weeks, I believe. We've accelerated that schedule quite a lot because of the increased demand. I'll keep you posted on that. In the meantime, we've got storable freeze-dried fruits that add vitamin C to your food storage. That's definitely handy. And that's something that's missing from a lot of typical food storage products. So check that out, support us at healthrangerstore.com. We're almost sold out of the freeze-dried coffee that I've been mentioning. And we also do have the coconut milk powder which is a great replacement for coffee creamer. It's really delicious in coffee and in smoothies. So check that out coconut milk powder. It's organic also and that's something we have at the store. So thank you for your support. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate you you sharing the word about this and supporting us and supporting our sponsors and all of it. I know I've covered a lot of pretty heavy topics today uh, but it it is critical that we think about these things it's critical that we understand just how deeply we have been deceived by the global theater the theater of virology the theater of the pandemic you know the the theater of even how war is being engineered in order to lock us down and the coming you know cyber attacks and the coming financial reset it's just so many different forms of theater and almost all of it lies lies uh, so that we create the illusions in our own minds and we don't believe our own eyes again no one has ever seen covid no one has ever seen a polio virus no one has seen hiv why because as as isolated viral particles they do not exist but we've been convinced they do we've been living in a dreamland we've been living in illusions it's time to clear away the cobwebs and get red-pilled all the way get red-pilled on every issue wake up, clear our minds, open our eyes and see reality for what it really is. Okay. That's what we're into here. And we're taking this journey together because I've been deceived just like you have this entire time. And I'm awakening a little bit more each and every day, just as you are.